1: One more time, get PuroAir.com. Check it out now.
0: Hey, friends. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff.
1: And I'm David Thomas. And
0: I'm Melissa Trevathan.
1: And we're so glad you've joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. Well, here we are for stage four.
0: Here we are, stage four. We're getting to some good news for me and
1: some not so good news for me, unfortunately, but important conversations to be having for sure.
0: That's a great point.
1: And as we think about conversations we're having, it's not just the two of us today who are a part of this interview.
0: It is not.
1: No, this episode has an amazing edition. We're very excited. If you're watching through YouTube, you'll get a chance to see the edition. Will you please introduce who's with us today?
0: This is, you can see her if you're on YouTube, Patches Chocolate Bar Goff. (laughs)
1: How did she get that middle name? Could you help us out with that?
0: Yes. Henry Weber, my five-year-old nephew, wanted her middle name to be Chocolate Bar.
1: (laughs) I love that decision. I'm so happy that's where you landed.
0: Me too. I think she she likes it.
1: She is as yummy as a chocolate bar. You're going to need to get on YouTube if you're listening right now just to get a peek of this little cutie.
0: Maybe we could get a photo of the three of us, too, that that you could see her. She's pretty cute. She's adorable. She's a little bad. I keep trying to remind myself that puppies are a little bad.
1: Yes, She's just growing, which is everything we're about to talk about right now.
0: That's true. And there are as many dog experts out there as there are parenting experts. It's equally as overwhelming. So we (laughs) feel for you. I feel for you right now.
1: Yes, we do.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let's jump into stage four. I could talk about patches for a long time, but let's talk about stage four. And I want to know, David, so we're talking about for you, what are the years?
1: 13 to 17-ish.
0: 13 to 17-ish. For me, we're talking 15 to 19-ish. And girls are making much more connections, moving out of adolescence in a really beautiful, not complete way, but good news. So I want to know a story about you when you were in this age-ish.
1: So if I think back to the front side of stage four when I was in middle school, I remember our school, like a lot of schools, did homecoming in the fall and coming home in the spring during basketball season. And we had a Sadie Hawkins dance in the spring where a girl would ask a boy. And I got asked by a girl, and I was very excited about the invitation. And one thing to note about me, which is something we're going to talk about with boys in a few minutes, is that most pediatricians would agree that boys trend in the direction of their dads and girls in the direction of their moms. And so most would say that boys have kind of their peak growth spurt somewhere around 13 to 14 for boys, 11 to 12 for girls, I think. Mm -hmm. But if boys are trending in the direction of their dad and their dads were late bloomers, which mind wise, there's a greater chance that peak growth might happen more in the 15 to 16 space, which it did for me. So what that meant was that I looked like a fifth grade boy in middle school and everyone around me looked like a ninth grader and I would go to bed every night and pray that I would grow in the night. That did not happen. (laughs) And so I showed up for my middle school dance looking like a fifth grader and my date for the night, Jennifer, looked very much like an eighth grader. And so we were quite a pairing and the setting was this hay bale, it was kind of like a barn dance kind of thing. those. Yes. You know that? Mm -hmm. So typically what would happen would be that the girl would sit on the hay bale and the boy would stand behind her. And so he posed us in those positions and seated. She was as tall as me. (laughs) Which was just humiliating. And I could read it on the photographer's face. Like, what do I do with this? It will be embarrassing if I ask him to stand on a Sears catalog right now. But (laughs) how do we elevate this guy somewhat? And I... Can still see the angst and agony in my face when I look back at that picture and that reality that was happening in that moment, but is such a snapshot of so much of what we're about to talk about in terms of the uncomfortable growth that's happening for Mm. boys in this stretch. So, Mm -hmm. will you please tell us a better story?
0: Well, I I think for girls, (laughs) mine's kind of better, but I think it's becoming more comfortable. And I think. I really think this is a really rich time for girls in terms of who they're becoming and who they want to become. And there's more intentionality and more thought behind it. And I, well, we had them on the podcast. I was a part of such a neat group of girls in high school. Just, we just had these really rich friendships for high school kids and very driven by our faith. I mean, we would pray together regularly. We were trying to give to different organizations at Christmas. I mean, all these really neat things. And I will never forget. So remember that their brains are not finished developing until somewhere in the mid-20s. So in the midst of being intentional and thoughtful and faith being so important to us, there were also some huge gaps in our <laughs> thinking and and i will never forget sitting in the parking lot at the baptist bookstore because that's where we shopped back then with one of my friends tracy listening this is so dates me y'all listening to twyla paris sure the warrior is a child sobbing in the car well it also happened to be during trick class we were skipping class to go shop at the Baptist bookstore and sitting in the car crying and praying together. I mean, where is the thinking there?
1: But, but a little disconnect going on. Does it feel
0: like such a picture totally. of that age? I mean, totally. Yes, just not finished. So if there are still these gaps in their thinking and you're thinking, are they ever going to get there? Yes, they will, but they may sit at the Baptist bookstore while they're skipping class and not, not see the concern in that. We just didn't see it at all. Love that that was happening. I
1: know. It's a great story well, and a, a great preview of where we're headed yes. as we talk about this ongoing journey of adolescence for the kids we love. Yes, because
0: stage four boys probably aren't at Baptist Bookstore
1: currently. Not a lot would be my great guess. right? And it's a great picture of what we've been talking about from the beginning, which is that outside of gross motor, girls are going to outpace boys and about every other thread of their development. So it makes sense that you would be so far ahead of me at this point in terms of the connections that girls are making, where you had to deliver harder news in stage three right. about girls. Yes. And I was still in a pretty fun stage, a, a pretty fun moment for the most part with boys. But here we are. Here we are. Do you
0: want to go first? Let's get the bad I would, news. Let's everyone. do.
1: Let's get the hard okay. news out of the way. And if you're on
0: YouTube and get sad, just look down at Patches yeah, look at, in my lap.
1: Look at Patches Make while feel I'm better. delivering this information. It could be greatly <laughs> helpful. Chocolate. There it is. Well, think back on what you just heard me say about the peak growth happening. And, and think about even the classic phrase we use of growing paints, like it's painful growing in different moments, not just physically, but emotionally, relationally on so many different levels. And that's so important, I think, for parents to go back to with boys and girls as we think about hitting some of these harder places. But I would say the first thing that's happening for a stage four boy, and I call this young man the wanderer is that he is in biological chaos. Mm. He's experiencing five to seven surges of testosterone pouring through his body a day. Poor dad. I know. Not a week, not a month, but a day. And it will wreak havoc on his system. We'll see evidence of that in that he's growing hair on his lip and often his face is breaking out with acne. We're going to experience evidence of that, that he's going to be more sullen and grumpy. We'll talk a little more about some other things that accompany that in a minute. We're even going to smell evidence of that. Stage four boys have a very special scent about them, (laughs) especially after a sports practice. So we will see, scent, smell, all the evidence of this going on. Um, I would say if I were going to give kind of three terms to what I think defines this stretch, I think it's a biological tsunami that is accompanied by a lot of emotional intensity in relational complexity so everything inside of him and around him is just more complex than it has been and we can't be thinking about that enough i think the more we're thinking about that reminding ourselves of that the more i think it takes us to a place of understanding and empathy which he desperately needs in this stretch of his development because most developmental theorists would argue that 13 to 15 is what's defined as the worst episode of a boy's life and i would say all these years of doing this work, 13 to 15-year-old boys are the most difficult boys to work with. And, and so that makes a lot of sense to me. And again, we got to go back to all of what's going on inside of him and around him. Now, what that will produce is that he will often be arrogant and argumentative. And years ago, I read this in old times on the Mississippi. Mark Twain wrote this. He said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. (laughs) And that That is a snapshot, yes, of his arrogance and his bravado. And and what I want to say about that, that I hope can be encouraging and helpful is that I think a boy's arrogance and bravado is almost always a cover for his insecurity. I think the bigger he gets, the smaller he feels on the inside. And quite honestly, I think that's true for adult males as well. Like I am sometimes around adult men who take up all the oxygen in the room. And I often think to myself, I wonder how small you might feel inside to feel the need to be that big on the outside and to hold court in conversation and be the only person talking or the loudest person talking. So I want you to think about that. We even talked about. That on the front side of development, that often boys get bigger when they're struggling, where I think you would say girls often go in where they get smaller a lot of times. And so watch for that being some of what I think is going on. The argumentative piece will be, I think that shows up in in hearing him use a lot of extreme language. Like he'll say, you never let me go places, or you always make me clean my room first, or you're the only parent who checks My text history, you know, that extreme language is a lot of what I think we'll hear and sense and experience with him when he's in this complex place. And he is just often more disrespectful and argumentative. Now, don't at all hear me saying that we just let him off the hook. It will be what it will be. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm simply wanting us to bring a lot of understanding to the equation about why it's happening and what's going on inside of him. We're going to talk a little more about what to do with it when we get to our next episode of what kids need in this space. But I think we cannot come to him with enough understanding of what's going on because what's in play, if I were kind of give a summary statement to those two things, is that he is individuating, he's becoming his own person, he's finding his voice. And in all these years of doing this work, my experience has been consistently for boys, that tends to be more of a clumsy journey than a clean journey. It's just more complicated and hurdled than it is smooth. And I think to the degree that we know that we're less surprised and hopefully a little more prepared. This is a point in development where I am challenging parents all the time. Try to find your way to at least one or two other parents who are five to 10 years ahead of you so that they can preview for you what it looks like. Because when we get to stage five, I'm going to be jumping up and down with excitement, talking about what's going on with boys in that space. And so You need folks, other parents, trusted voices who can help you preview what's coming when you're in some of the harder moments. So, Sissy, I have a riddle for you. What is white and needed every day? Milk. Good guess, but that's not it.
0: I don't know. What is
1: it? It's toilet paper. And I'm about to give you a brief lesson on the history of toilet paper.
0: I am certain I don't know the history of toilet paper, so this should be interesting.
1: Well fasten your seatbelt. The first perforated toilet paper rolls were introduced in eighteen ninety, but it wasn't until nineteen thirty that we officially had splinter-free tissue. Ugh. Prior to that, people just used what was on hand, corn cobs, parchment, and even pages from Farmers Almanac.
0: <laughs> I am extremely grateful to have not lived during those times.
1: Me too. The problem is that nowadays we're clear cutting our forest just to make something that we use once and flush down the toilet. That's why I love Real Paper. Real makes a sustainable toilet paper that contains no trees and instead uses 100% bamboo. Real's paper is certified by the Forest Stewardship Council, meaning that they are responsibly harvesting the bamboo grass that's used for their paper.
0: And while the other conventional tree based papers are wrapped in plastic in the grocery aisle, Real Papers packaging is plastic free, compostable, and offers free shipping on all orders.
1: Real partners with One Tree Planted, and with every box of Real that you buy, they are funding restoration efforts across the country. So, unlike the other TP that cuts down trees, Real is helping to actively plant them.
0: I love companies that provide good products and are doing good work in the world.
1: Me too.
0: Real Paper is available in easy, hassle-free subscriptions or for one-time purchases on their website. All orders are conveniently delivered to your door with free shipping in 100% recyclable, plastic-free packaging.
1: If you head to realpaper.com slash RBG and sign up for a subscription using our code RBG at checkout, you'll automatically get 30% off your first order and free shipping.
0: That's R-E-E-L-P-A-P-E-R dot com slash RBG or enter promo code RBG to get 30% off your first order plus free shipping.
1: So let's stop flushing our forest and try Reel's tree-free paper. Reel is paper for the planet. So, you can live clear and clear.
0: Use as directed. Well, I'm excited to talk about stage four girls, and I'm sorry you're not there yet. But when I think about these 15 to 19 year old girls, obviously they're still developing just like I was. They're going to be crying at the Baptist bookstore while they're skipping school. But there's a lot of beautiful parts of this that that I'm excited to talk about this week and talk about when we get to what they need, because they do still need you. It's confusing and more complicated than it's ever been. I will never forget one of the first classes I ever taught on Parenting Girls, a mom saying to me, I'm so grateful I'm still a part of her life. It's hard for me to know how to step in sometimes, because it feels like we're on this tandem bike, and now she's driving the bike. And I'm sometimes on it, and sometimes it's like I have a ski rope attached to the back, and I'm just flopping along on my bottom behind her, which I do think it feels like both of those things. And we're going to call these the autonomous years because she's developing so much more independence, so much more autonomy, as she should. It's going to be, I love what you said, clumsy more than clean. And I think there will be cleaner moments for her, but there's going to be some clumsy too. And we want to give her a lot of grace and space for that to be so. Because the more grace and space we give her, the easier it's going to be for her to figure it out and to navigate it. And the more she's going to sense that we believe in her in the process. So, okay, a few things. She is still relational, although we're not going to spend as much time talking about that. And and how I would say it has shifted in this season is, remember we went in Stage 2, she wanted a best friend. Stage 3, she wanted to be part of a group. Stage 4, it moves back to more intimacy. And I remember a girl saying to me, it's not enough just to have friends. I want to be someone's. And I think there is that sense of, I want to know that I really matter to somebody. That I can't even count the amount of girls who've said to me over the years, I want someone to notice that I'm not at school one day when I'm sick. You know, just that you're really important to someone else. And I think that is... Harder than it's ever been in in so many ways. One of those is we have talked late about how girls are meaner than they've ever been. So I think it takes kids longer to find their people. I think it's harder to find a best friend, which is so much of what they want. And the other complicated thing is, you know, when you and I were growing up, people really dated. And that doesn't happen anymore. And so I have so many girls who get to this stage that haven't had a boyfriend and think something's wrong with me. And so We want to be aware of that longing for intimacy. I love when parents really invest in their daughter's friends in this stage. I think it's so important. My parents did such a beautiful job of that, of including friends and dinners and trips and so many different things. And so what does it look like for you to really honor that longing for intimacy and have conversations with her around that? Because I think it's, it's important to engage with her and know that's a part of her world. And she really continues to need other kids to speak truth into her life and to cheer her on. So a small group is a great place to find that. And she's going to look for mentors that are maybe between her age and yours that are going to step in. And we're going to talk more about him doing that next stage, I know, too. But that's going to be really important. But we're going to move on to two other things that I think we don't talk as much about, so they feel really important. One is that she is post-pubescent at this point. So the major onslaught of puberty has slowed down and her period is becoming more regular. She's not growing as much, which for a lot of girls means her body's gonna shift and she is going to become more curvy a lot of times, which is why I see so many girls really start to struggle with body image in this window. And, and I think in an age of social media, it's more complicated than it has ever been. And I don't think we can have a conversation right now without talking about what's happening for grown-ups too. And And we are watching more adults. I was going to say adult women, but I don't think it's just women lose weight really fast. And there's some great medication that is life-changing for a lot of people. And I think there are a lot of people who've struggled with body image issues for a long time that have attached themselves to it. And I feel really concerned about girls right now in light of that. And, and I remember a girl, this precious girl I worked with for years who struggled some at this stage with her weight and was figuring it out. And her mom struggled more with hers and her mom was thinner and she looked at me one week and she said, my mom talks about her body all the time. And if she hates her body this much, I can't imagine what she thinks when she looks at me. And so if we're using really healthy means to lose weight, that's awesome. Let's just not talk about it a lot. I think two things. One is, I do think we've got to be aware of how we're talking about our bodies. Even if you decide to use something like a medication that helps you lose weight, talk about it from health a health standpoint. Talk about our bodies from a straight standpoint, not weight, not what we look like. If we're preoccupied, you know, we talk about it all the time. Our stuff is going to spill over onto the lives of the kids we love. And this is certainly a place that it does that. And And we had a dietitian come and speak to our staff not long ago who said that girls inherit their body image from their moms. And so ladies, y'all, I know I'm pushing you right now. We have got to do our own work. In this arena, because in all these years of working with girls, 30 years, I've never seen anything as addictive for a girl as an eating disorder. And I have watched girls flip into them from the smallest comment from a peer or from a parent in either space. And so, number one, we've got to start with being aware of what we're talking about, how we're operating in terms of our own body image. Number two, how we talk about their bodies is so significant as well. And and so if you are concerned about your daughter's weight, where I want you to start is I want you to call her pediatrician. Have a conversation with the pediatrician about your concerns. And then if the pediatrician is worried, let them broach the subject with her rather than you because there are study after study after study that says the best way for a parent to handle their child's weight issues is not to. Just not to talk to her about it. Now, that doesn't mean you don't go for walks as a family or take ski trips or do athletic activities and and pursue health and fitness together, but that's different than being concerned about her size or her weight. And so let the pediatrician handle it if the pediatrician says they're not concerned. I hope you hear this with a lot of grace, but that's about us. It's not about them. And so we want to go back to being aware of where our own stuff can ripple out. And I want us to talk about beauty in all shapes and sizes, whether it's ourselves, whether it's other people that we're just very aware of of our, I think, families end up having often a perspective about that. And I watch whole families start to become obsessive. And so we just want to be really aware and and I will say I've never in 30 years of counseling girls had a girl who said my mom thinks I need to lose some weight actually I've had a lot of girls say that but I've never had one say my mom thinks I need to lose some weight so I'm going to get right on that ever y'all it just goes the opposite direction it creates more shame for her and I think it can drive her deeper into an eating disorder so we want to be aware of that that's where she is another place she is that is great news is that she is developing this profound gift of intuition. Y'all have maybe heard me say this, but I think intuition is a woman's superpower. And hopefully she's been developing it all along the way, but it's going to be growing by leaps and bounds in this stage. And it's going to be one of her greatest gifts all along the way. And so we want to really give her opportunities to grow that. We want to be aware of that. And when she comes to you and says something like, I hear this all the time in my office, Mom, it wasn't until Christmas and we were at Mimi's house. Mimi's your mother-in-law. She says, I never really noticed how Mimi treats you. Then that doesn't mean we take that as an opportunity to bash Mimi. But I think we can say, honey, I love how aware and how thoughtful you are. And your Mimi means, well, and it does hurt my feelings sometimes. And and let's talk about, I have a mother and daughter that we're talking about this all the time right now. And let's talk about how we can love Mimi and realize where she is and have some boundaries and some good, healthy places. Or I remember sisters that came to see me and they came in and they said, our dad's having an affair. And we told our parents we wanted to come to counseling. And I said, Tell me more about that. What's going on? And they told me story after story after story that at the end of it, I had no question that their dad was having an affair and their parents came up and after them and he said, I don't know why they want to come to counseling. There's no reason for them to be here. They're accusing me of things that absolutely aren't true. Mm -hmm. And then right afterwards, her mom said, they're acting crazy. And it just broke my heart because I thought, I mean, I think there's something about when kids pick up on things. And obviously, that's a hard, a hard conversation to enter in, a hard truth to enter in for that couple. And at the same time, I wish that their mom had been open to hearing them and said, you know what? I hear you. I know how much you love your dad. I know this feels scary and sad. And let me go talk to somebody about it or let me think about it and then take a pause and come back and if it's not true then to say hey let me tell you more of what i've discovered and let me tell you more about who your dad is or you know what i want you to talk to your dad about this so that we're not just shutting them down because when we do we're saying i don't want you to trust that thing that rises up in you it's not worth listening to and and i think it is so whether it's about a family member, whether it's about a family friend, whether it's about an an issue that's going on in our world today, and they're developing an opinion, we want them to develop opinions in this window, even if their opinions are different than ours, which feels scary. But to listen, ask more questions is so important in this window. So that intuition is a really profound gift, and it's something we want to nurture.
1: Mm. Those of you watching on YouTube can see me shaking my head over and over and over and over. It's just so important and needed what you're saying. So happy we're having this conversation about kids in this space of development. Yes. Sissy, I just got back from speaking in Charleston and I accidentally ate 3,000 pounds of shrimp and grits while I was there.
0: The seafood is so good there, it's hard not to eat shrimp and grits around the clock.
1: The crab cakes, the fried fish, the key lime pie, I could not stop.
0: Charleston is such a foodie city.
1: Thank goodness I remembered to also consume my high of vitamins.
0: You mean the children's vitamins that you take as an adult?
1: I'm a kid at heart and that qualifies me. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should never eat.
0: That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered,
1: chewable vitamin. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love.
0: Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more.
1: I need all that with the amount of shrimp and grits <laughs> I ate.
0: Haya is designed for kids of all ages, as David has proven, and sent straight to your door so there is one less thing to worry about.
1: I love that they ship straight to your door. Parents and people who travel like we do have one less thing to worry about.
0: We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com RBG. This deal is not available on their regular website.
1: Go to h i y a h e a l t h dot com slash rbg, and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults.
0: Okay, takeaways. Let's yeah. talk about some takeaways.
1: I often and have for years encourage parents of adolescents to come up with a code word or a cue, something that could pull them out of the moment and call them towards some kind of understanding and empathy in the hardest moments. And I got to tell you a great and funny one. I met with this couple this week for a consultation and I've done several with them and I love them. They're fantastic and funny. And they have three boys, the oldest two who are in this space and their 15 year old son is so hard at home and Like we so often hear from parents with boys and girls, you know, teachers report he's engaged and Mm -hmm. respectful and an amazing student. Other parents love having them in their home. And he will, his mom said, launch psychological warfare at our house. That's what she said. And he just goes for the throat in some things that he says. And the parents are working so hard not to match his intensity. And the dad was talking about some of these realities we just talked about, about what's going on with him. And he said this, I'll never forget it. He said, David, I know that he is a struggling, insecure, pubescent, Mm -hmm. ball of a mess. Those were his words. And I said, I want you to turn that into an acronym. And he like stopped and thought it through. And he's like, sit bomb, sit bomb. That's it. Struggling, insecure, pubescent, ball of mess. And he's like, I'm going to start saying it back to myself. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask my wife to say it to me because... When I don't, I just match his intensity in those moments or I move into a lecture rather than just giving him a consequence, whatever it may be. And I had another couple that I loved working with. And it's great. this boy would argue sometimes with his mom and his dad would stand behind the boy. So the boy couldn't see the dad and he would hold up one in four fingers to remind her 14. Like you're talking to a 14 year old right now. And she said, as soon as I saw those fingers and was reminded what I'm dealing with. It shifted something inside of me and I could finish the interaction differently in those ways. And so I think some kind of visual cue, some kind of code word, whether you want to test drive one of those or come up with your own, that I think pulls us out in those moments. We talk so much about that in our new class based on your amazing book, The Worry-Free Parent, and just it can help with anxiety. It can help with adolescence. So that'd be my takeaway. What about you?
0: I love that. Okay. Code word cues. How about questions? Great that those are our three, because I think in her developing her intuition and even developing passions around all these really important causes, which we have talked about, we're seeing teenagers do more than ever. I would say for us to sit and listen and ask questions, even our friend Kelly Corrigan, who's coming up on an episode soon, has a book around, Tell Me More. That is a beautiful statement with older, well, really any stage of adolescence, but A lot of times they're just going to be telling you nonsense, (laughs) the girls in middle school. And at this point, to say, tell me more gives them an opportunity to connect the dots on their own, to start to really think through. And as we're moving into a political season coming up and different different opportunities for them to develop intuition, to develop thoughtfulness, to develop what they believe and again it may be different than you and as you wisely say often they can't vote anyway and so tell me more about that what do you think about that before we launch in because often I think in this window especially with girls as we're talking about high school I think there's this sense of I've only got her for a few more years so I've got to get all my teaching in rather than she's not really hearing you anymore so how can you listen ask questions and give her opportunities to connect the dots
1: incredible come back we're going to talk more about what they need in stage four and we're just so grateful to be on this journey with you we are
0: cheering you on if you are enjoying the raising boys and girls podcast click follow on your podcast listening app to subscribe and not miss an episode.
1: Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls.